2: Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. We talk about food.
3: We talk about music with musical dudes. Finger on the pulse, snacky tunes.
1: Hello, and welcome to Snacky Tunes. I'm your host Darren Bresnitz. It is gray and rainy and cold outside, which seems appropriate because our guest is joining us all the way from Derry, Ireland, and he said if you want to know what Irish weather is like, just look outside your window right now. We're chatting with Liam Craig, the director of music for New York's legendary cocktail bar, The Dead Rabbit. We talk about the decade-long legacy of the bar, the shifting music and bar culture in modern Ireland, upcoming Irish bands as South by Southwest, and Poteen. And Bar 1661, who makes incredible cocktails using this homemade liquor. And then we dig into the archives for a Dream Paw performance from Brooklyn's Ginger Lees. And also, if you go to our website, you can see playlists from the Dead Rabbit that pair perfectly with any cocktail for this terrible weather or beautiful weather wherever you are in the world. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Snacky Tunes here on Heritage Radio Network. Thank you for joining us, at Snacky Tunes, all the way from Derry, Ireland. Uh, kids are asleep, you said.
4: Kids are asleep, and uh, this is the this is downtime for me now. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm about um I'm about eight hours behind you right now. So, uh, I'll, I'll you'll be asleep, but I'll text you let you know when my kids go to bed. Um, yeah. Appreciate you you uh, spending this very you know important hour to uh of dad time with us and you know i remember when the dead rabbit opened i was living in new york uh i remember it opening i mean it's i don't want to say wall street exactly but like in that area of town and thinking what is this type of bar doing here (laughs) because most of the cocktail bars had lower east side even williamsburg at that time or you know Midtown things like that but now And you're celebrating this month a decade In it's become such an Anchor and staple of the area Um, What do you think Is responsible for its longevity and Its pull of people to The space
4: So it's it's Tricky it's tricky for me to comment properly because I've Only been so I've only been working For the bear rabbit for maybe the last sort of six seven Months but uh, Jack McGarry is my cousin so I have Been in and around it since (laughs) <laughs> Since it started, yeah. Um, if you had have asked me a year ago, I wouldn't have been able to give you an answer. Now, having been around it and involved in it, and spent a lot of time with Jack and a lot of time with the team and in the bar, it's just quality. It's mm. it, the quality is so high. The attention to detail is so great. The the hospitality is amazing. The service is amazing. The atmosphere is amazing, and it and. For, for somewhere like New York um, that has obviously such a massive Irish community and an Irish expat community mm-hmm. the thing that struck me the first time I went into the bar was, was like wow this fee- I could be anywhere in Ireland right now I could be mm. anywhere on the island of Ireland and you know if, you, if I couldn't see outside and I didn't hear the accents I wouldn't know that's just it's it's, it's uh, just managed to nail that feel of what an actual authentic Irish pub is and um, eerily well Uh, it's kind of spooky
1: i mean we talk about this whole idea and we comes up from time to time authenticity and and whether it's a good thing or a bad thing and and the point of view but you know when people hear irish bar especially in america it definitely conjures uh, (laughs) a stereotype if you will (laughs) um and so where does the dead rabbit Differentiate Because if you're saying it feels like you're in Ireland, for people who have maybe never had the pleasure to drink in Ireland, what is it about the bar and what's it tapping into?
4: I mean, obviously, I mean Ireland in the last sort of 20, 30 years has grown up a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So there's maybe a generation of people who grew up going to bars that aren't what the dead rabbit is trying to be and aren't what people who sort of, even in Ireland, would sort of stereotypically assume is what an Irish bar is. But... There's those mainstays of uh, of the communities across the island, of those little corner pubs, little backroom pubs mm. that that feel like they could be your granny's kitchen with just a lot more whiskey. <laughs> uh, they've got you know they're not they they're so sort of, they're, they're homely, they're closed in, they're friendly, they're inviting it's comfortable um, and you sort of just sort of check everything. It's not trying to be anything, you know, it's,
5: mm. it's not, it's,
4: I mean, an Irish pub like, of, of old, of, you know, of the, of the type that I'm describing, it's, it's not trying to be anything. It's just, well, we have a bit of space. We've got a load of whiskey. We've got some lovely wood. We know a couple of great carpenters. The place looks nice. The fire's lit. Have, pull up a chair and let's have a drink, you know. And so I think Dead Rabbit nails that very well.
1: Yeah, I feel like people who maybe caught the movie Banshees of Inisherim this year had a yep. taste of what Irish pubs were. You know, obviously, I'm sure there's some Hollywood liberties, but that wasn't that long. You know, that was this century of just like it's a community spot. It's not plastic oh, yeah. beads. Yeah. It's not. And God bless Dropkick Murphys, but it's not them <laughs> blaring on the stereo and things like that. It's more no, of a place for people to meet and talk and and come together
4: yeah it's kind of you know it's like the corner shop or the post office Mm. if they if they served
1: (laughs) so you got involved about six or seven months ago officially what brought you into the fold
4: how'd you get involved with the bar um so like i said so jack's obviously my cousin and um so I've, i've watched him from afar for the last 12 he's bars been open for 10 years but he's been in new york for 12 i've watched him afar and like been always been very impressed and awed by the success and Uh, And everything, but like the the, our paths never crossed. My background is is in the music industry here in Mm -hmm. Ireland. Uh, First years ago as a performer, and then as a producer, and then as an artist manager, and then music educator. And uh, so obviously there was the um, there was a change in direction for the Dead Rabbit at the beginning of this year with um, Jack and Sean parting ways and doing their different things. And I think almost immediately, Jack had a very strong vision in his head for where he wanted the Dead Rabbit to go, mm. um, and it was very much to lean into this idea of authenticity, but authenticity um, and contemporary. Um, so not not trying to be an, an authentic Irish pub from the turn of the century, which was maybe a little bit the path that it was that it was on before, mm. but more how do we represent what is happening in modern Ireland. Excuse me. And how do we how do we do that through through different pillars? You know, so obviously they're doing it through the drinks, you know, because obviously mm-hmm. you've got this incredible cocktail bar upstairs and you know, the basis of almost all the drinks is an Irish spirit. Um, but how do you extend that? And so my role in that was initially just to come in and extend that via music just that was playing in the bar. So uh, what you hear coming off not the jukebox, but we'll call it the jukebox whenever you're in the pub. Um the it was just sort of managed by an american third-party company and their vibe was well you know it's two o'clock and you're in downtown manhattan and this is probably what people want to hear and yeah. that's you know that's not right and obviously they, they tried to sort of make it be what they thought an irish pub should be and therefore you got into the territory of again love them got dropkick murphy's sure oh sort of you know? yeah yeah, um, and so my, my remit was really simple and really easy it was first of all can you make um playlists that are long enough that you can cover the opening hours of like 12 p.m to 3 a.m 4 4 a.m um have different tempos different genres and also like not drive the bar staff and by hearing the same song maybe three times oh, a day. yeah um and so i kind of went away and sort of did the math on it and went yeah absolutely and it's it's a, it's a really beautiful um indication of where the music scene is in ireland but also globally and that i don't think you could have done it 10 years ago just because really? the yeah well i think it's partly to do with the ease of access of technology oh, sure. to, make, sure. to create music in the first place and then how easy it is for anyone to get their stuff onto spotify and the software that we're using is an extension of spotify to run the music in a bar so with sort of 80 percent accuracy of it's on spotify we can sort of play at the bar fully licensed um so like mm. so there's just so much there and there's so much to tap into and obviously because i'm here and because i work with irish artists yes. i'm sort of de- dealing with that on a day-to-day basis and i'm seeing it from the it's not just Dermot kennedy and it's not just two and niall horn and all these it's there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of artists and bands who are cranking out unbelievable music of a massive wide range of genres every week every friday um and I'm able to tap into all of that so the 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 answer to the initial question was yeah it can be done there's enough content there for sure Mm -hmm. uh it's just about sort of going through it and curating it and uh, figuring out what we want at different parts of the day Uh, and so that was that was it that was the first couple of months was really just sort of pulling all that together um and just sort of testing it and obviously uh as someone who's been to a lot of bars but never worked for any um, it's a like understanding what's required at what time of the day and uh, how the vibe needs to be and how the vibe needs to change over the course of the day. Yeah. That's something I had to sort of understand. So I went, uh, I went over to the went over to New York in October and basically sat in the bar for a week and just sort of took notes. What, and
1: what a hardship you, that must have it been. It was
4: it's such a, it was such a difficult job. I have to say. <laughs> and you know, you know, I got to sleep in a bed all to myself with no kids and sleep oh on until 10 th- it was really hard, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm sure,
1: I'm sure every, every other dad and, and oh, yeah. really feeling for you back in Ireland. <laughs> you mentioned it a couple times about modern changes or shifting in Irish culture. And, and obviously we don't need to get into the whole broad of culture, uh, yeah. but with music and maybe even food and things like that, what has changed in Ireland in the last few years to the point where it's palpable and noticeable?
4: Um, it's probably there's probably some there's probably an echo of what I said about the uh, the ease of access for things like Spotify. There's probably mm. an echo of that right across the industry uh, with things like Instagram and TikTok. You know. Um, Suddenly, it's not so far fetched that somebody in the back-ass and nowhere, and you know, one of the middle counties in Ireland, uh, has access to. Oh, there's. I had Vietnamese food once, and I really liked it. And suddenly, I'm following a whole bunch of you know, people on Instagram who are into right. Vietnamese food, right. and I really, and I'm going to make a stab at it because why the hell not? Um, and obviously, I think lockdown obviously probably played a massive part in that because we all mm. had however long we had of. Really, not much else to do <laughs> except really dig into our niches. Um, so uh, th- there's definitely that echo, that uh, that Spotify echo across um, the other different industries. And then there's also, you know, there's there's also the the diversification of the of the population. You know, so um, you we know, we're starting to get um, for the first time we were getting the first second generation mm. immigrants now who are coming through and are you know if if you were to talk to someone or you were know, to see someone you would not to go oh that person's Irish but they are 100% Irish they were born here they were raised here they were in the Irish culture but they're also bringing in uh their own familial culture and cultures Ooh. of friends and the the communities that they've that have gathered around so you've got a lot a lot of that coming in um i mean of course you're getting that you're getting that everywhere uh, sure. and also Ireland sort of always a little bit behind <laughs> so we are just sort of playing catch up to where everyone yeah, else sort of yeah. maybe was 20 years ago but um it's exciting and i think the the for all of its ills and evils there's there's probably a lot to be said of of social media really opening people up to a lot of these things and and, and obviously you going go into a whole other culture conversation about how that's happened in terms of you know uh politically and economically yeah, and the all that yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. but for for the purposes of this, this the little culture, box, we, the we all have yeah, 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 it's you know it's been great, and um, that that has the has the played its part, you know, and also I think there's 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 a younger generation now that are that are sort of so steeped in that and very open minded and want to they don't want to sort of you know not that they want to sort of eschew Irish culture and not have anything to do with it, but they they want to you know they don't want to eat stew every week, they want to go oh I want to try Vietnamese food or I want to try. Greek food or Mediterranean food or whatever it is, and um, yeah. people are people are willing to take a crack at sort of setting up a business around that, maybe in a way again that they they might not have been in, in the last ten years. And then there's a, obviously there's a little bit of rebellion against the uh, sort of the capitalist, You know, I don't want to go to a chain sure. restaurant. You know, I want to stay local. You know, I want to sure. help out. You know, and and that's that's something that I've I've really seen sort of rise in maybe the past six seven years here. I mean, dairy where I'm from, like you know, dairy said. It's it's technically a city, but it's it's really just a big big town in the corner of Ireland. And the 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 success of the food scene here in the last sort of Mm. five or six years has just been incredible. You know, you've got uh, Vietnamese street food, you've got unbelievable uh, burger joints that are dealing specifically in wagyu beef. You've got sushi places, which. You know, you say to most people around the world, yeah, it's a sushi place, but like in Derry, the fact that no, there is a no, sushi no, place course. is kind of like, that's next level, you know? <laughs> I mean, there's um, small towns uh
1: the world everywhere. And um, yeah. that connectivity through social media and different technology, it changes the way that people think about the world. It's, it's You're not, yeah. it's like, oh, I know about this and I want to experience it and I can experience it in my own town.
4: Yeah. And I think obviously that, that also bleeds in into like, the, the drinking culture you know because mm. you know at, at a certain point in time i probably had a reputation of you know beer and whiskey um but now people are a lot more thoughtful about how they drink and why they drink and um people are open to trying different things and even just as simple as being able to have a, a decent beer selection yeah. is, is something that's really only sort of appeared in the last sort of 10 years here um and that's exciting and then there's also the the amount of Uh, independent irish spirits companies they're popping up all around the country and so that's exciting and then you've got the the cocktail thing and then most recently which i think is is overlooked but equally exciting is this sort of zero percent thing that's Mm. happening at the minute you know where there's a there's a there's a percentage of of people out there who are like i want to go out and i but i don't want to just stand around drinking diet coke all night you know um, and so there's there's definitely uh, a push towards catering for 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 those folk because on a, from a purely business perspective, obviously you're if you didn't cater for them, you're just cutting out you know, buying customers, paying customers, and so yeah. you know. So yeah. the fact that Guinness Guinness Zero existing now is a big deal. Um, and like I'm a sell, like I, I have two kids, so like I don't go out on the rip a lot anyway. <laughs> but anytime I do find myself out, I'm delighted that Guinness Zero exists because like I can have uh, I go out. I have one pint of regular Guinness and I have a couple of tins of Guinness zero and I get to drive home and not yeah. be like death at 7am the next morning when there's two wow. kids jumping on the bed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
1: um, let's take a quick musical break. And then when I come back, I want to talk a little bit more about the relationship between America and Ireland and about the um, bar 1661 uh, pop-up that was done in Ireland. And then also in America, We have a song from the archives here on Snacky Tunes on Heritage Radio Network.
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We used to make noise. We used to make noise when we tied. But now we're silent to the high. Yeah, yeah, you like to tie me. You like to time me up at night. Are you a stranger to the light. Yeah, yeah, we had a date of stay. Oh, we had a date of stay. Upstay, upstay. Up yeah, yeah. My love for you, yeah, yeah. My love for you is strong, my dear. Like lions, tigers, jungle, fear. Yeah, yeah, we have a date of stay. Oh, 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 We have a date upstate stay. Upstate, upstate. I'll feed you remedies. Groom quiet in the garden. Gin soaked and near broke. Dry twigs into your hands, I keep arms, and your mouth for me. I give you nothing that you need. Baby, we agree. Do we, do it, do you agree? We have, date upstate. Whoa, whoa, whoa. we have a day of stay. We have a day stay. Upstay, stay.
2: We have stay.
6: Yeah, 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 We have a date of stay Yeah, 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 We have a date of stay Of stay We have a date of stay Yeah, 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 yeah
1: Of stay Welcome back to Snacky Tunes. We are here with the director of music for the... Dead Rabbit, Liam Craig, and while the bar is in New York, you are in Derry, Ireland. And few countries have had, I don't know how to say, if it's cultural reciprocal or just a fascination with each other, than Ireland and America. And the bars, well, I don't know if they have American traditional bars in Ireland. (laughs) They have traditional Irish bars here. Um, But with what you've been doing with the dead rabbit and what what the new focus of after a decade is this new sort of fresh and modern approach to the Irish bar. Um, And we were talking about in the first part about shifting that, but you also did a reciprocal pop-up with bar 1661 in Dublin. Um, How did that come to be? What was the importance of actually bringing the dead rabbit to
4: Ireland? The, the bringing of the dead rabbit to ireland is i mean the reason that that, that happened we were sort of in ireland to to, to promote we, we sort of brought some press over to promote what we thought that modern ireland looked like and what what we thought it was important for people to see about what a modern ireland was and so uh we sort of we did you know great food and great restaurants and we did um we did, we did coffee because like the i talked a little bit about authenticity in the first in the first half and like one of my favorite things about the bar is that the coffee and the dead rabbit irish coffee is roasted in ireland like i think that's just i think that tells you everything you know so um so we visited them uh, which is calendar coffee out near galway and um and so one of the stops that we did was was in bar 1661 and the reason for stopping in and and sort of doing a dead rabbit pop in our dead rabbit pop-up i should say there uh was because we sort of already knew that um uh, come February we were going to have the guys from 1661 over in New York mm. and they were going to do their pop-up. So it was really just to sort of check in, show what a contemporary Irish bar is and can be, um, show off a little bit about what the Dead Rabbit's about. Sure. Um, but uh, almost as in all things that we do, it's it was really just a sort of champion um People who are right at the zenith of something that's really good and really exciting that's mm. happening at home, um, and so they're doing what they're doing is incredible because they're dealing almost exclusively, not entirely, but almost exclusively uh, in uh, poaching, potting, however you want to say it. Which is, um, I'm not the person that going to a really deep conversation about this, uh, but it's it's basically the Irish equivalent of moonshine.
1: Oh. i think it's probably the best way that
4: i can make an analogy so okay. uh, like if you, if you think of like uh we talked about banshees and miniseron yeah uh you know, there definitely would have been some punching kicking about there just, some just, a, jug. just a jug just a jug of brown something. or white yeah. liquor yeah okay yeah okay. Okay. so that that's that's the kind of vibe but they are i mean punching for for so many years has had the oh it's this Unbelievably strong alcohol that someone has brewed in a shed at the bottom of a garden, and it'll blow your head off. And it's just it, it's a it was a mean it's a means to an end. That's the sort of the 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 vibe that it's had for years and years and years. But what sixteen sixty one are really trying to do are try and push it as that. No, it's it's not. It's a, it's an Irish spirit in the same way that whiskey is an Irish spirit or gin is an Irish spirit. It's it's its own thing. It's unique. It's got a flavor profile. It works well. It combines well with other things. And to prove it we're going to go to New York and we're going to put on this pop-up for four days. And we're going to put on this incredible menu of incredible drinks. And it's not going to be anything like what you've tasted before. And it's all made using Irish potty, which is like, it's, I think it's a, it's about to be the crest of a wave here in terms of like the sort of the mix Um, the next strength revolutions, because i think irish whiskey not that i think irish whiskey is going anywhere and there's still some incredible new irish whiskeys popping up but but there's definitely been a real wave of it in the last sort of 10 years gin obviously for the obvious reasons in terms of time to make uh, has obviously had 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 its renaissance um yeah especially in india
1: and things like that and goa is doing a ton of botanicals local type of artisanal gins
4: um but i think that potching is now i think it's its time and, and it's 1661 or just in the same way that dead rabbit was in early in the financial district back in whatever year 20 or uh, 2013 i think that 1661 are really in at the at the at the start of the line for here's irish potching and it's coming and here's what we can do with it you know so and it, it was awesome it was just it's such a fresh take and it's such a it's such a uh, for for us culturally, it's a it's a big thing to see it come back, and you know, so you talk to anybody in Ireland, you say, "Oh, there's this bar in Dublin, they're doing potching cocktails," and everyone's like, "What? That's fun. Wow. Um, but it's like whenever you bring it to America, obviously that's such a unique experience because it's not readily available there. And um, no.
1: well, I mean, we there are certain laws here that keep it from. <laughs> being sold on the regular but i guess is a special pop-up there's obviously yeah. a workaround um yeah obviously people are going to want to try and experience this so when can they actually experience
4: it at the dead rabbit uh well this is the problem the problem is that that's happened uh, it's been and gone so that was a f- four-day pop-up um at the start at the start of this month i know um, I mean, it, we're coming <laughs> a
1: little bit late because i know that february has been the decade birthday celebration of the dead rabbit but um you know, it's going to be tough for people to listen to hear about that.
4: How, <laughs> well then, what, how do I say you, this? You, you without... skyscanner.net sky, sky, sky and you type yeah. in New York to Dublin. <laughs> and when you get um, here, you type in bar 1661 into Google Maps and you go there and you get yourself an Irish podging cocktail. <laughs> so let me ask you this. So when bar
1: 1661 <clears throat> came to New York <clears throat> and they saw the dead rabbit... What did they think? Because you know, it's people when you travel around. Everyone has their own idea of like America and like what it is, especially in New York or an Irish bar in New York. But you yourself said it feels very transportative. Um, did yeah. they feel like they had left Ireland? Were they like, this is where it hits? This is where it feels a little bit different. Um, what was it like to like host people from from the motherland?
4: I like, Think I mean it's it's all it's anytime it happens it's always very natural because within like mean Irish people at any any point at any time at any part of the world give us a minute and we'll know somebody who knows somebody and then we're in we're mm. good you know and yeah you, you know beer and cocktails to the mix it's just a good time so having having anybody from back home in the bar just feels like having a somebody from your extended family calling mm. in for for a for a drink you know. Um, I think those guys. I, I don't think that they had. Um, I think they felt it both. I think they felt at home both in terms of like spiritually or whatever. Um, uh, because obviously the, the downstairs pub part of, of the Dead Rabbit does feel like home. It feels like a traditional Irish pub. But also like the cocktail bar upstairs, the vibe of that, the lighting, it's not the mood, the the, the atmosphere. Um, it's not a million miles away from what the guys have set up back in Dublin you know mm. it's like I, I've been to 1661 they, they did a really good job of recreating their vibe you know they had their they had their own servers they had their menus they were talking very excitedly and animatedly through through their drinks and um I mean even the music like I ended up just taking taking uh, the guy's music and going right well here just give me your playlists and I'll just make them happen here because you know the, the cocktail bars it's it sort of exists in its own time and space away from from the downstairs pub. you know um, it's a different vibe, it's a different thing. Um, so we just, to make them feel, feel as at home as possible, you know, we just stuck their music on. So anybody who did manage to, to get an experience that if they did find themselves in Dublin and went to the the OG 1661, I think that they would feel, ah, oh, you know, I I definitely got this experience. I'm glad I'm yeah. here in Dublin, but I definitely got this experience um, when I went back in New York. I think that's pretty cool. So as you
1: start looking towards the future and you sort of start to make the shift with more music. How do you see the dead rabbit? And then also what you're doing with music expanding, what do you want to do? <clears throat> How do you want to break ground? How do you want to tie the music? Obviously the experience in the bar is one thing, but you know, so much of a, a I hate to use the word brand, but a business now exists online and outside yeah. of a physical space. Um, and sometimes people want it on their own time
4: and, you know, in their own part of the world? Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, the the easy part of that answer is that the Dead Rabbit is expanding. So by the end of 2023, we'll have locations in, obviously, New York, but also in Austin and New Orleans. Mm. And there's plans for more in the the coming years, but those are the ones that I'm very focused on right now. Um, In terms of where we're going and what we're doing with music, we're we're really starting to uh, lean into live programming um and making a really big and conscious effort to bring modern irish artists over as regularly as we can to put them on in the bar in a way and at a time that makes sense to to just like really put it in the face of the, the customers of yeah. this is irish music i don't know what now, you think you this, is, thought it this was. is irish this music is now. It. yeah you have you have not heard of this act but we're telling, we promise you it's good, you know, and that, I think that in that is sort of where I want, I want to go. So there's, there's a space on the, on the third floor in the bar, that's mm-hmm. like a, a bookable lo- uh, uh, function room essentially. Um And I want to basically once a month, turn that into a intimate acoustic venue mm. where we bring artists over, candle it and build a reputation similar to i mean it'll never be tiny desk but similar to tiny desk where people will just yeah people will subscribe to tiny desk and they'll not know the artist that comes on every week but they'll know that it's going to be good because tiny desk have a reputation of quality yes um and that's sort of what i want to have in the dead rabbit but specifically for for irish artists hey come along last tuesday of the month come upstairs come on in have an irish coffee you'll get two three bands two three artists it'll be amazing you won't have heard of them but you'll love it and you'll go away and you'll check them out online and you'll buy a t-shirt and this and the other. So that's the sort of the, that's the next step for me um, in terms of leaning into that Uh, as well as that, then there's make like the the other part of my job, I think is very easy and it's just sort of establishing connections that really probably should have always been made and Mm. probably should have always existed, but there hasn't been uh, a person or a company or whatever the idea just sort of just sort of position somebody here and go, I'm going to reach out to these people. I'm just going to tie right. stuff yeah. together, You know, so uh, in New York, for example, tying in with the Irish art center who are there full time doing great sure. work. They're, they're bringing artists over. Let's sort of work together. Um, yeah. Make it uh, a stop. Um, yeah. Make it a stop. You know, we'll bring artists over and they can play with you. You could bring artists over. And they can play with us. Um, obviously with Austin opening, there's a really obvious connection there with South by Southwest. Um, mm-hmm. I, Coming up around the corner. Can, with my other hat on, have been there a couple of times already. Um, and so every year at South by, you've got 20 Irish bands in town anyway. Yep. So let's do some stuff with them. Let's do a road to South by Southwest, where you come in you stop in at New York, you do, do a show with us, head down. You do your stuff at South by, but also you can stop in and do a set in the, in the bar in Austin. Um, we're also setting up uh, like a, like a sort of tiny desk style mahogany session style live session uh, thing where, you know, you, you come in, you play a song, totally stripped back one take, one camera. And we're going to be starting a sort of like a YouTube uh, series of those things. Nice. You know, so it's, it's sort of leaning into, it's basically one, want, one on one hand, wanting to curate and bring artists over directly, but also saying to any artists who are coming through like artists who are on labels or, or yeah. bigger labels that we maybe don't have access to. Hey, You're not gonna come and do a set in the bar and that's fine. But the space is beautiful. Come in and do a session. If uh, you're launching a new record, come in and do a listening party. Do Mm -hmm. you know, um Mm -hmm. have a bring your A and R team in and do a strip back session for them, whatever it happens to be. We're here and we're available, we want to work with you because it's not it's it's as much about being a touchstone for Irish music as it is being We're Irish music, you know, it's it's there's there's a there's a more subtle version of it, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Liam, I appreciate you taking the time and uh I'd be remiss though if I didn't ask you perfect pairing, drink and song. Oh, don't
4: do that to me. Yeah, I'm gonna do it to you.
1: Do it to you. You've you've been with your kids all day. It's eight (laughs) thirty year time. We just had a nice conversation. It's on the spot. how about about give you the drink i'll give you uh the irish coffee because we've talked about it what's your song to pair with the
4: irish coffee um okay it's gonna be um i need to check i need to check spotify because i can't remember the name of the song because this this is what happens whenever i build all these playlists right no i know (laughs) i know and we're gonna include
1: the playlists um when we post this up to the site we have a couple links to playlists so people can can check them out
4: Okay, so uh, Dead Rabbit Irish Coffee and a song called Last to Leave by an artist from Dublin called Alvaretti, who we just had in the bar in February playing. She's a great friend of mine. She's also one of my favourite artists on the island. Um, Everybody should go check her out. She's just incredible. And she'll be at South by Southwest. So if you're an Austin listener, jump in, come and see us in in March. But yeah, Alvaretti, Last to Leave.
1: Irish coffee. There we go. All right. Well, Liam, thank you so much. If people want to check out the dead rabbit or listen to any playlists, where can they go?
4: Uh, the dead or dead rabbit pub on Instagram and Twitter.
1: Amazing. Uh, shout out again to Bailey. Who's been crushing it. Getting us some killer guests. Uh, you're our first uh, guest live from Ireland. So super excited. No, but- to have that, we have, that. Um, <laughs> we like have a song from the archives, and then the ginger leaves, an archive live performance here on Snacky Tunes on Heritage Radio Network.
5: Music
2: with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio.
1: Welcome back to Snacky Tunes. We have Gingerly's live in studio. Welcome. Hey. All wonderful five in. Hello. Hi. Um, 2013, forming a band from Long Island. Uh, how did you decide to take this path of music when Long Island is typically known for the pop-punk sweetness that comes from there, and uh, what are the influences that brought you all together?
7: That's a great question. Um, I'm Matt, actually, yeah, lead songwriter, rhythm guitarist <laughs> of the band. Um, I actually started putting on house shows in uh, my house in Valley Stream, Long Island, around 2010. And I met a lot of bands like Lost Boy and Sloth Bear and a lot of different great acts that are still around today. And uh, through there, I actually met a lot of great like indie and great pop musicians, including Twin Sister and a lot of other bands that I really had no idea that was happening in Long Island because it seemed like it was all full of post-hardcore and a lot of emo music and, you know, stuff that I didn't really like that time. And we ended up meeting a lot of musicians and they ended up inviting my old band to play in Brooklyn. And we ended up finding a nice little community and a family full of people that, you know, just shared this same idea of experimental pop music and wanting to, you know, further this idea of just good rock and roll, you know, not really genre-based music, just You know, nice rock and roll. Did
1: your house have a name?
7: Yeah, it was called Nana's. Uh, How did you get the name? It was named after my grandmother. She was sadly in the hospital at the time. So I figured, name it Nana's. Everybody has a Nana, you know, or somebody. So I figured, you know, it's a nice name to have at the time. But um, yeah, through there, I actually met Kevin, our bassist, who and his old band, who was called Gaza Strip. He is one of the greatest names I've ever Great heard. Name. <laughs> Great name. <laughs> and uh, through there, we uh, kept putting on shows, and Kevin actually went to college with Colin, our guitarist. And one night, they uh, he ended up introducing Colin to me, and Colin just turned me on Hi. to more New Zealand music and stuff from Flying Nun and some of the best indie pop that yeah, I have ever seen the chills and clean and everything that you know has influenced me so much and after that point we really we played one show with our old singer at Muchmores and I think after that show, Brian, our drummer, came out to me when I was having a cigarette outside. Really drunk. Yeah, really, <laughs> really <laughs> pretty drunk.
1: drunk. You are... I, I mean... I guess uh, uh, well, I yeah, think we were, think we're yeah. both
7: were pretty drunk at that point. But uh, he <laughs> offered if he... Because uh, actually Colin was playing bass at that time and uh, Kevin was playing drums. And he actually offered if we needed a second guitar. And I said, well, you know, Colin's really our lead guitarist and we would really love to have a more solid drummer and if like, you're hey, by sweat. any chance, you know, <laughs> a drummer.
8: Yeah. Actually
3: a
7: drummer. That yep. And hard. he's like, guess what? I've been a drummer for most of my life, so I, I could pretty much up. do I was that. Up. I was like, I hate this no way. And then twelve songs later he learned everything and then you know we became a band and then, you know, after our old singer left, you know, we found our new beautiful singer, Jackie Mendoza, through our mutual friend Chris Topa. Thanks, sir, and, Rob. yep, thank you, Chris. And, sure. you know, the rest, as they say, is <laughs> Why do you think that
1: uh, all of the kind of pop experimental bands were hiding along Islander, where do you think they were, just, like, bedroom or smaller venues uh, before Nana's, like, existed? You're like,
7: Yeah. Oh, yeah. i <laughs> no, sorry. Yeah, I think it was. No, you're, you're completely right. I think it was mostly like an idea of just this fear of pay to play because so many venues in Long Island were strictly post-hardcore pay to play. And funny enough, one of our first shows as Gingerleaves, me and Kevin played as Gingerleaves. We played in drag. We dressed up. We played at a post-hardcore <laughs> show with post-hardcore kids throwing beer cans at us and really giving us a hard time that I night. Know, but, a you know. Time. That was the thing. I think that because of that, you know, a lot of these experimental pop bands couldn't really find a footing and they couldn't really find like a unique community to be a part of across Long Island and some were from Suffolk County, somewhere from Nassau County. But, you know, it was really a lot of bands like, to me, Twin Sister and Lost Boy and Color Tongue and Sloth Bear especially and a lot of great bands that... You know, really brought an amazing spirit of kids that shared this same idea of just wanting to create amazing experimental pop music across Long Island. And, you know, all you really need, like they say, is, you know, the match to light the fire. And all I had to do was open the venue and people just came. Does it still exist? It doesn't. Sadly, you know, we had to sell the house, but occasionally I'll host shows out there every once in a while. But the best thing that came out of that was all the friends and all the fans that we made that supported us and support our music and really help us out now because we all stick together. And, you know, every time we play together, we always have that Long Island represent attitude because, you know, we all know how hard it was for... You know, nobody to care about our music, nobody to listen to us, nobody to know that we exist, and for us to have to say that we were a Brooklyn band or we were a New York band. But you know, now we all live in Brooklyn, we all stay out here, so I could honestly say that we are a New York band. But yeah, you know, it's sad that that had to end, but it's beautiful that there are so many venues around here, like Shea Stadium and Sunnyvale, and so many places that support Shea Stadiums in tough times.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you still bleed Long Island.
7: Absolutely, yeah. Through, I mean, you know, in certain ways, there's not that much of a scene in actually Long Island, and I don't think, sadly, there ever will be. But you know, it's it's a nice place, a beautiful place to grow up, and I mean, just to really think about it, you know, you have all these kids, like you have me, you have Kevin, you have Colin, who all live in you know different places, and we all have this same attitude towards rock and pop music you know we all really want to do it we're you know not conceited or flooded you know with different ideas you know we all really respect the truth of what we really grew up on
3: let's also not forget
7: queens Mm. that's true can't speak for everybody here this man my drummer yeah we have parts of queens in here as
8: well can we hear
1: a song
7: Absolutely
8: (laughs) Uh, What are you going to play for us first?
7: Uh, We're going to play our first song called Elsewhere It's off our upcoming album That hopefully should be out this coming fall So this song is called Elsewhere Live on Snacky Tunes (laughs)
3: seems (laughs) like I've been using some time can't recall the love that I'm after, broken nose. Pay for all the chances you're supposed to have. If I could, then I'll try a hundred times before to get through the absence, seeing distant shores. The one wonder- time. Yes,
1: Let's talk about the first EP. Um, how did it come together? Um, you know, Matthew said you were the main songwriter, but how did the rest of you influence it? And you know, a release and also a Japan release as well.
8: My turn, I guess. Uh, well, oh, how this came about? Um, let's see. Well, we decided to go record at uh, this place called Mama Coco's Funky Kitchen. That's Colin, by the way. Oh, this is Colin, by the way. Uh, can y'all hear me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 <laughs> Um, yeah, so we, uh, recorded there. It was at this one place in Leffert's Gardens. Um, you know, it was like a collective, a really, like a very tight-knit collective, uh, very positive attitude, very eclectic. They, they, uh, liked a lot of, uh, um, funk. They were very funk-based. It was really not in our realm, but the guy, Oliver, was really good at what he did. He knew what we wanted, so we, it was in 2013, and right around then is when we, like, really formed, um, the name. Brian still wasn't with us at the point, at the time, but we, um... We got that stuff together, um, and that that day forward, the first day we went to the studio, we're like, we're Gingerly's now. We're Gingerly's. This is it. Henceforth, we'll forever be known as Yes, Gingerly's. yes, and I remember the first day we were doing that. On the way to the studio, we said, let's do this. Let's get that. And then um, we self-released it uh, that fall, like September or whatever. And then I think we got approached in October by that label, Shelf Life, and that really changed it for us. We're like, okay, now we're like getting put up into there being released as a seven inch and that came out in uh spring of 2014
1: what was the um idea behind releasing it yourself i mean a lot of bands are going so many different directions now i'd be curious to know you're thinking like let's just get this out there. well
8: it was our first thing you know so we didn't know you know it's and it's really it's really hard even for us our, our forthcoming release it's so much back and forth with labels so we would have gotten nowhere with that and we also we're just lucky that that label even came to us we didn't expect that but you know at the time for the time before that, you know, we had that self-release, people liked it, it was getting featured on some little things, friends were talking about it. it wasn't much, but we played it and we celebrated it. It was good. And then we got really lucky that following October of 2013 when that label said, "Hey, I mean, you were flipping out. It was crazy. I remember. <laughs> I was at I was at Cake Shop seeing the Memories and oh, all of a sudden, yeah, yeah it was I remember it. it was crazy.
7: Yeah, we don't really have too many expectations like, you know, with the EP. We really we were sitting on these songs. I had my old band which had the worst name in the entire world: Chatter, <laughs> Shattered Darlings and Liquid Kisses. There you, well. oh, Wow. <laughs> Horrible. Uh, but, it's yeah, they had
1: to get that second piece in there. Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
7: <laughs> but you know, coming out of that, we really, you know, focus on getting these new songs because I was writing a lot of like more noise, like shoegaze songs at that time. These new songs, I really wanted to have a tight and concise like pop structure, and you know, it was really Colin that introduced me to. Flying Nun and, you know, like all these indie pop bands that were so jangly and his style of playing was so different from any other lead guitarist that I ever played with. And, you know, we just we we really wanted to get the songs out there. We felt so strongly about these songs. We felt so passionate passionate no excuse me, felt so passionately about what we were writing at that time that we really just wanted to show the world and we just wanted to show everybody what we were capable of and, you know, people just really took a hold so quickly. It was really amazing and so beautiful. We had so many fans and so many people who were so responsive so quickly it really blew us away and we still have to thank all our fans and and how did the release on 2670 come about? That was recent. That was, like, last year. That was, yeah. That, even, was, yeah. that was pretty interesting. That was all, uh, you know, thank you so much to Hajime Sakuma. You know, he really just thank contacted you. us. Thank you,
4: Hajime. Yeah. Oh, yeah, thank Jackie you. had the pleasure of meeting him. Thank you, Yeah, Bye.
7: Jackie actually took a trip to Japan. She yeah. had a pleasure meeting went him. I to
3: Tower Records, and I, um, I saw R.E.P.,
7: yeah, you can actually pick it up for sale. And you just had to. You're like, you know what? I'll I'll take the sacrifice. I'll go. I'll go meet him in Tokyo. No, no, no. I got this.
1: I I, I got yeah. this. Oh, pretty much. It's yeah. It's in, what a. It's in the uh, the, the Western pop rock. So yeah, yeah. Like- <laughs> I, uh, not Level all heroes four. wear capes. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Level four. Yeah, it was yeah.
7: great. We honestly, you know, we just uh, <laughs> he contacted us. You know, we got an email one day, and he just reached out and said how big of a fan he was of our songs, and said that he just, you know, never heard you know songs that inspired him as much. Yeah, they inspired him. Yeah, (laughs) and he just really (laughs) wanted to put them out as quickly as possible. So, you know, we said absolutely. Like, one of our, collectively, our all-time dreams was to have something out in Japan. So, to have that, that was the most amazing thing. And the most special thing about that was we actually sat down and we recorded a brand new song for that called Quarter Race Star. Sadly, we won't play that today, but... But it know, opened the show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so it opened the show. But, uh, yeah, that yeah, we recorded that song as a special bonus track for that EP. So. First song to
8: feature Jackie as well.
7: That's true, yeah. All yeah. our other songs featured all right. vocalists. And right. and, yeah. yeah, but just wait because we have about 10 to 11 more that'll be coming out very soon yep. that'll feature all Jackie songs that we really think have just you know brought us to a completely new and entirely you know just amazing new level than we thought we could be with ep
1: well we're going to talk about the new record but let's get one more song in before then uh what are you gonna play for us
5: next
7: I think uh, we're gonna play this song called New Toys. My dad accidentally threw out my box of all my X Men Mighty Max action figures, and boy, did I ever get sad. So, how to write a,
5: <laughs> <laughs>
7: <laughs> so I had to write a song about that? Yeah. Boy, do I love these four people that surround me right now. So, we're gonna play New Toys, and we really hope you enjoy it. Weird
5: toys. Thank <laughs> you.
1: Right now, in the new record process?
7: I think that we're actually very close to being finished. We've been uh, working on these songs while we've been writing these songs for at least like the past three to five years. So, myself, I've been working on them for a while, but we've been working with our producer, Connor Hanwick, who was in the drums, who I mean, it's been an absolutely amazing experience. We never thought that we'd be able to work with somebody that challenged us on the record as much as he was able to. So really to break down our songs and really to take out all the parts that he felt were unnecessary and to bring in such a new aesthetic, it really felt amazing to work with them. But we're, you know, we we have the record pretty much, you know, completed. It's really great. We have, you know, a little bit of info that we're we can't necessarily talk about right now. But we'll no be able to talk about drop. It. We understand. So, <laughs> you know? but we'll uh, we'll be able to talk about it very soon. We uh, possibly have a co-release in the works. Hopefully, we we can assure you this album will be out this year in 2017, possibly towards the end of the year. But you know. With all God's hope, we hope that it can possibly be out during that time. But, uh, yeah, we're very far along with that. We've even been demoing a lot of new songs. And at this point, I've been taking a little bit more of a backseat towards the songwriting aspect. And I really want everybody in the band to write their own song. So I think the next EP that we release after this album comes out is going to be a song contributed by each member of the band, by Brian, by Colin, by Kevin, by Jackie, and everybody's going to, you know, take the forefront, really going to start writing those songs.
1: When you're working with uh, such a great producer, uh, how hard is it to put the ego away from the collective and to really hear them or is that why you go in align line with the producer that's so strong and has such a good background I think yeah, re- that's why
5: we go
3: with no, him
7: please Jackie yeah
3: well I I thought he like helped us a lot and to fill the in the gaps because we're not as experienced with like actually being in a studio and recording a whole bunch of songs so he was definitely like helpful he like sped up the process of recording
7: it was it was interesting. It wasn't necessarily intimidating, but it was very like it was a very amazing process. We really like you know couldn't like I don't know. It's it's a little bit difficult to you know answer that question. <laughs> you know, yeah, just of course. yeah, like you know, just in a very blunt way. But you know, it was very incredible. It was an experience that we wouldn't trade for really anything else. It was something that challenged us as musicians. Something that made us you know actually become better musicians. It really yeah it really made these songs stand out and he really you know he was literally like our sixth member our extra gingerly he really he really produced these songs in such a way that without him these songs would not have the characteristics that they have right now they really sound so pronounced and so beautiful and we really couldn't be happier having an album to sound like this so while it's in its final stages of being put together, when people
1: hear it for the first time, what emotion and thoughts do you want them to come away with? I think
7: mostly, at least for me, everything... Everything in my line of songwriting, for me, I have a very fragmented memory. Like, I really can't remember a lot of years of my life, so it takes me a long time to work on lyrics, So when I actually put these lyrics together, I actually don't really realize I'm a little unconscious towards the aspect that I'm actually writing these stories, not necessarily about myself, but my interactions with my best friends, with my bandmates, with the people that I love and that I care about. And they tell these little stories that I feel like are highly relatable to, like, everybody in the world because it's just it's really the basis of human connection of really just understanding the human spirit and i think like those songs and the writing and you know the aesthetics that all those songs like will come through will really show people the depth in our band that we're not just you know the sweet juicy fruit that you might have heard of the jump rope ep that there's a little bit more depth to ginger leaves than you might think there is but yeah so it's evolved over time it absolutely has and I think it's only going to keep evolving I think we're all very confident in our songwriting skills at this point and I think that We've only been writing more songs and we're only going to get more prolific as time goes on. We just, you know, honestly, our whole thing is that we just want to keep recording songs and releasing songs as long as possible. And we're going to stick together and we're going to stay a band for, you know, as long as we possibly can. I mean, you can look at us now. We're all best friends. We love each other. We'll never stop loving each other. No matter what we've been through, we're in it for the long run.
1: Before we get out of here, I want to make sure I mention you have
7: some shows coming up as well in New York. We do. We actually have uh, a very interesting show coming up on the 31st of this month with The Sea Life and Den Maid, both bands from uh, this label, Babe City Records. That. And bueno. Yeah. Oh, and Bueno. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. S- oh, I completely forgot. Bill. Yeah. Bueno. Extremely stacked, Bill. Yeah, Bueno is probably collectively one of our favorite bands going around right now. And they actually co-released something on Babe City and Exploding in Sound this past year. So, you know, you know, hopefully our dream would be to release something on babe city and we'll see if that dream becomes a reality at some point but yeah for right now we're very excited for the 31st i think we have a few things you know brewing but nothing set in stone for april right now but um we're actually going on tour towards the end of april brian do you know more about that
3: um so we're gonna do connecticut uh massachusetts uh philly and we're doing a kickoff show April 20th here in New York with uh, our friends Holy Tunics.
8: Um so you guys should definitely come out to that
1: um, we, we will be there
8: Awesome And
1: our awesome. collective audience as well too not just uh, me and my brother um, well, Thank you all for coming It's so great to meet all of you and to awesome. have you play in studio Big shout out to Cattle Black as well uh, Thank you for a really deep and engaging interview um, Before we get up here, where can people find you? Get all the information on the new record, catch your own tour, buy tickets, hear the EP.
7: You can totally find us on Spotify. If you, I know it's not really great, but I'm sure most people have Spotify right now. If you want to stream the Jumper yeah, SoundCloud, oh, too. That's right. It is on SoundCloud, and it's on Bandcamp. I think we would all suggest you to go to Bandcamp, because Bandcamp has our Japanese release with Relate to You and all these different things. and. You know,
8: know, corduroy star. Oh, yeah, corduroy star. Wow. So, this is me.
7: Uh, It's actually called Smells Like Teen Spirits. Uh, (laughs) That's that's my fault. Confusing song titles.
3: Also, yeah, yeah, also follow Jackie Mendoza and her work. She always puts a song. Please do.
7: Follow Colin's other band, Q. Follow Mel's. uh, Yeah, I actually have uh, another project called Mel's with Lizzie Wakefield, who's in Fruit and Flowers, and Brian Thornton, and Matthew Sklar, and uh, Brian. Alvarez, our drummer, is actually the drummer in the Melz as well. We're a little bit more of a new wave power pop band, but I would like you guys to check us out too. We just released our first single, McAllister, And you know what? I got to say, I love my ginger leaves. I love this band. Thank you, Snacky Tunes Radio. Thank you, everybody, for letting yeah, us come down you. here for all this pizza, for everything. This has been one of Jesus the greatest salad. times we've <laughs> ever had. Oh, man, that crowd. Wow. That crowd. Big crowd out here tonight. Wow, that oh that crowd is just yes. that crowd is just getting Dumber. it. Man. Wow, I can't, I can't even believe it. Wow. But yeah, if you wanna find that, you know, you can find that song. But um yeah, this is uh gonna be our last song for the day. This is called Turtle Doves. This song is written about my extreme passion for home alone. So <laughs> Home Alone two, two Home Alone Two. Oh Home Alone, Home Alone Two, yeah, Two true. Turtle Doves, Everything Except the Third. This song's called Turtle Doves. <laughs> we really hope you enjoy it. Thank you, Snacky Tunes Radio. Thanks
1: for being here.